Spoiler alert! The Silver Screen Redemption includes few to no spoilers. Due to Houston and Brian's lack of cinematic knowledge, most of their movie information is either false or imagined. However, if they still leave you feeling paranoid about potential spoilers, please check the episode description for details. Alright, welcome everybody to the Silver Screen Redemption. This is our comedy podcast where we take your favorite movie franchises and make subjectively necessary sequels. I'm Houston Bodley. I'm Brian Perry. How's it going, Brian? It's really good. Good to be back. It's good to be back. Welcome, welcome. Podcast morning. Yes. Everyone will understand that reference. <laughs> um, um, welcome. Uh, I'm following up to last week. Remember last week was it was kind of like an awakening for me. Yeah. Right? I kind of took charge. You really did. I was very impressed with you. And uh, I, I'm just, I'm ready to keep it going. And okay. I'm going to hold you to your promise. Oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Dang> <laughs> you thought I wouldn't remember. I actually, I don't think it, it, there's a chance it's not interesting enough for the whole episode. But I do want to play a little game. So maybe this is a segment. Um, our They Might Be Giants musical segment. Um, um, <laughs> can we show you how unprepared for it I am? Yes. I forgot that it was They Might Be Giants. Yes. I thought we were going to do an Aquabats sequel. Nope. Or movie. It was, thing. It was they Might Be Giants. Okay. Um, I'm so unprepared for this. And I don't think that listeners want to hear me like fanboy about They Might Be Giants. Right? I definitely don't. I don't think that's interesting and I don't think you want to hear it. If you want that, you can listen to my other podcast because we do a whole episode about them. But Which I, is, plug it real quick. Uh, do it in your cool. Cool. Uh, do it in your cool. Um, you are cool, Brian. Thanks. Sometimes. It's because I listen to They Might Be Giants. But what I do think will be fun is I've prepared a little game. Okay. Um, I have picked 16 They Might Be Giants songs. Okay. We're not going to go through all of them. Don't. Everyone You're just going to pick a select few. Everyone got very nervous the when I said 16. The cuts, you might um, say. We're going to randomly select them. Okay. And this list is not a best of. This is not like the top 16 They Might Be Giants songs. There are songs on the list that I don't like. Um, I picked the songs that felt like they could build a story. Uh, and just to be clear, in case people didn't listen to our last episode, we talked about the idea of doing a Mamma Me- a Mamma Mia esque style. You did it. You said the word Mamma Mia on this podcast. I you hate said that you wouldn't movie so much. the 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 <laughs> movie that shall not be named, which you now know, I had to get it out yes. there so the, people the, aren't confused. The untitled jukebox musical, untitled jukebox musical featuring movie. the music of ABBA. Um, Brian has been since day one very passionate about doing it. Literally episode one, I think. I think so. I think maybe even episode zero, yeah. the one we didn't release. <laughs> yeah. I've always been wanting to do this, and I honestly don't know if it's a good idea. So at, at, not at any point. Once we're in a little bit, and we, we'll we'll judge if this is interesting at all. Oh, you know I'm going to take any opportunity to pick yes. a different movie. Um, yes. And the thing is, I think we do this before we actually talk about any movie. I, I think we just do this little game, and we see what happens with it. And if it fails miserably... yeah. Like the train wreck that I think it's going to be. Yes. Then we move on to The Nun or whatever else is coming yeah. out this week. An actual movie. Yes. Good. Um, okay. We are on that Halloween creep now. Oh, we are. Let's celebrate the season. I'm like ready. I'm like... Creepy movie season. Honestly, I could take two months of Halloween, two months of Christmas, forget everything else in those months. I think there should be the They Might Be Giants Halloween special if we do go through with this. That's oddly appropriate for They Might Be Giants, actually. They've got some okay. very spooky music. That's not, I don't think, even intentionally spooky. 
uh let me spin this wheel oh i i yeah i didn't introduce to you i do i did bring my they might be giants wheel into the studio today as opposed to our studio demands i've got that one too we'll we'll definitely get to that but let me uh okay uh i guess this is a good point to to say that i also added some to this list that are completely ridiculous because they have some completely ridiculous music i feel like that's the like that's the bar that they might be giants has to jump over in order to publish a song they have some very solid traditional music but they do have some very weird stuff this one is called hovering sombrero and we just we happen to start on this one uh hovering sombrero is not about anything it's literally just him singing to a hovering sombrero so he doesn't it's not he's singing about it he's serenading hey hovering sombrero is there a mariachi band playing in the background no it is very traditional indie rock just a just an acoustic guitar let me play you a brief clip so you know what i'm talking about i'm not gonna play it but i'm gonna read the lyrics here's the chorus hey hovering sombrero gently waving in the air above the meadow softly floating in the sky outside the window hovering sombrero don't be shy don't don't be shy don't be terrified okay so this this sombrero we started on awkward uh, arguably the worst song we could have no i think i think it fits perfectly with this um it is the sombrero that is the main character of this so it's probably an animated film it probably maybe who framed roger rabbit okay crossover okay um I, I do think this is his, like, old man mentor returning as a ghost, serenading the sombrero, telling okay. him to hang on song. Is this a sequel, then? We we generally use sequels. Is there is there an existing franchise that... That, that we, has a floating sombrero as the protagonist? That, no, absolutely <laughs> not, Brian. That we could add a hovering sombrero to, and it would make sense. Like uh, Three Amigos. You, you know what? You actually... You got me on that one. Three that could actually work. Because it could be the ghost man. It could be Chevy Chase singing to uh, this floating sombrero. Yep, yep, that could definitely happen. Um, um, I, no, I, he's literally the only one of the three amigos that doesn't sing. So it can't be him. And literally the only one that I don't want to work with. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I can't I can't actually figure out who the other one. It's Mar- Martin Short, Chevy Chase, and Steve Martin. Steve Martin, okay. Of he is the amigo. He is the amigo, okay. And I should have known just by saying Martin Short that Steve Martin was also in the mix. Yeah, that's a given. Um, I am fine with doing a Four Amigos sequel. Four Amigos is, it just rolls off the tongue. That is pretty good. Four Amigos. Um, Or it's like Three Amigos 2018. But it's like it's like Three Musketeers where there's actually Four Musketeers. I never understood that. Is that a thing? Isn't like the Three Musketeers, the book, they recruit a fourth one in the story. And it's four of them. Oh, maybe. I've never read it or seen any of the ad- adaptations of as it. As far as I understand, the one Disney movie I've seen when I was like seven, that's all I know about it, is there's actually four musketeers. Don't tweet at me if you're if I'm wrong. Why do they have swords if they're musketeers? Just kidding, I think the I think the origin is something completely different. <laughs> no, we'll we'll make this a flintlock fantasy. Cool. The the musketeers have upgraded from their little pistolas to muskets yeah perfect and that's their homage to the musketeers perfect so it's, it's it, we're going three amigos it is three amigos but with muskets and there's a fourth amigo and there is a joke that they people call them the musketeers and they have to correct them every time 
what if the reason the hovering sombrero is hovering is just because it is on the invisible what is he called the invisible horseman the four uh from the first movie that they kill I'm going to look this up because this, this is very important yeah. and I don't want to go the whole, if he is a protagonist, <laughs> I, I think it's very important we get this straight. Yeah. While you're looking that up, I've actually got a beautiful piece of poetry I'd like to read. It's okay. a, t- time is flying like an arrow and the clock hands go so fast they make the wind blow and it makes the pages of the calendar go flying out the window one by one till a hundred years are on the front lawn. And the old familiar things are mostly all gone. But the old sombrero just keeps hovering on. Hovering hovering sombrero, hover on. That's right, it is lyrics from, from Hovering Sombrero. And I actually do really love that verse. Time is flying like an arrow and the clock hands go so fast they make the wind blow. And it makes the pages of the calendar go flying out the window one by one. Um, I'm going to stop you there. It's not beautiful poetry. It, it's very much not. <laughs> but I am fine. Here's how, how we can compromise. Okay. I think we do go with this Three Amigos sequel, unless something better. Yeah, I, I don't think we itself. do the actual, the full They Might Be Giants musical, but I do love that it at least got some inspiration from They yeah. Might Be Giants. I am fine with, because in the first Three Amigos movie, they do have that scene where little Nettie Needlander is having nightmares or is scared of sleeping. And so uh, Steve Martin sings him a song and all the okay. like puppet animals and the fake scenery pops oh, up. Yeah, I think we can have four of those moments okay. and they're all they might be giant okay. songs okay good we make no mention as to why it's they might be giants but i can stoop to that level i think that's great unfortunately i didn't put their best lullaby songs on this list <laughs> i do have some great lo- they have they, some great lullaby songs they don't have to be lullabies they literally have a song called lullaby to nightmares um <laughs> <laughs> lullaby to nightmares that can um, be on the super duper cut lazy head and sleepy out. bones They've got some good ones. They, they do have three kids albums. We'll put that on the soundtrack, but it's not in the movie. It'll be in the credits. That works. Okay. okay. Good. Um, it's cool. the And by the way, it is the Invisible Swordsman. The Invisible Swordsman's right. So the Invisible Swordsman, he had a son who grew up. He's seeking his revenge on the three amigos for accidentally shooting yes. his father. Um, and he's the protagonist of this movie. And this just happened. Yes. And he just appears as a hovering sombrero. Uh-huh. Um, he is out for revenge. He ends up joining the Amigos and becoming the fourth Amigo. Okay. Um, but can we call him like the Invisible Short Swordsman or the Invisible the Invisible Dagger? Invisible Dagger. Well, invisible Dagger Men. Because he's short. He's the junior. He's the junior. Okay. Yeah. So he has a. Is he short though? Is that is the sombrero hovering at waist? He could height? be played by Danny DeVito. Okay. <laughs> just just for his height. Just for his height. Okay. That's all we need. But I like that voice. Um, I don't believe the original one had a voice. No, he just had made a little... Uh, yeah. And fell over. He did same. his little prostate check. What? <laughs> Isn't that the joke? They turn their head and cough like a prostate check? I think that's what that is. Oh, okay. It's I part of the thing they have to do. Yeah. I don't remember that. Maybe it's... Part, I think it's actually part of the three amigos like salute when they do that. I don't think he does it. I think it's the three amigos. I don't... But do I do not believe remember that the joke. this in the movie. Maybe just I need to go rewatch this. Yeah. I do believe that was the joke. Okay. Well, you opened up a whole new world for little Houston. Yeah. So uh it's gotta go revisit that and film. Little Dagger Man. <laughs> the invisible dagger. The invisible dagger man. Yeah. Um here's my next question. No, here's how I think we do this. I don't have a question. We're gonna get four songs in here. One of them is hovering sombrero. 
So let's just move on. Let's do our thing. We spin the wheel. We get another. When we an- hit, when we hit a moment that either one of us is like, we can put a song here. We'll we'll randomly select one. We'll spin the wheel again. No, I I think I'll, I will compromise. We can use the songs as the the points to connect the storyline. Okay, because I would hate it if we come up with this beautiful, magnificent story that once again they might be giants has to ruin. And then yeah, and then that I'll still be begging to do another episode like this. Yeah. So, I'd rather just get it out of your get system. Get it out of the way. All right. Here it is. Okay. So let me spin that wheel. I think Hovering Sombrero is the last one, though. Is it? No, no, no. It's the it's when they meet him, and they don't know that it's the Invisible Dagger Man. And, and, and uh, Martin Short, no, Steve Martin is playing his banjo. He plays the banjo now because yeah. he does in real life. I think they have started a bluegrass band in real life. Yeah, yeah. But not as their characters, as the Amigos. As the Amigos. Yeah, yeah. the actors. Okay. Uh, and it's about them accepting that they're old people now. And Okay, this is really good. But when he says it, he says, hey, hovering sombrero. Trying to, like, calm him down. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, it's not an, a hovering sombrero. It is a invisible dagger. It's the invisible dagger man wearing a sombrero. Yes. That is not invisible. And then he daggers them. Yeah. And then he dabs. And then he <laughs> he dabs every time, but no one ever sees no. him. <laughs> Danny DeVito dabs so much. They call him Dabby DeVito. <laughs> Um, let me hit you with this one. Well, I'm going to spin it and then you tell me what it is. New York City. Very interesting. Uh, New York City is literally just an ode to New York City and how much they love New York City. So it's set in New York City. Um, which is a bold move. Okay. Nope. It's actually, it's very logical. This is what you do in a sequel. When you do sort of like a fish out of water movie, you reverse it. When you do the next one, right? And Pocahontas. You put Pocahontas. a water and fish movie. It's a water and fish movie. Yeah. Or a or a dog in the water movie. Or a dog in space in water in space movie. Yeah. So um, they've gone from little quiet Mexican town. Yeah. That is being attacked by El Guapo and the Germans. Yeah. To giant big apple town. Oh that is gosh. also being attacked by El Guapo and the Germans. So invisible dagger man comes to new york to seek out revenge against the amigos because he killed his father Mm -hmm. and he and and they're like steve martin has a broadway show and like all this stuff but it's it's not steve martin it's steve martin's character in the thing what's his name dusty bottoms that's no that's chevy chase that's chevy chase little little netty nederlander dusty bottoms and a lucky day that's who it is. Lucky day. Lucky, lucky day, okay. little nitty Nederlander, and Dusty Bottoms. And the Invisible Daggerman. The four amigos. Horsemen of the Apocalypse. Yeah. Cool. Um, so is that is that the ending then? The the Invisible Daggerman does join the three amigos and they become the Quattro Amigos or the uh, And they have to fight El Guapo Jr. Okay. Yeah. Benito Guapo. So I love that. That everyone else in the story went down a generation except for the three amigos. Because uh, yeah. everyone else died. It, the, I think this is a really good family film. Yeah. All those old people who are like, oh, my millennial grandkids. Yeah. I can't connect with them. What do I do? Yeah. This is how you connect. Okay. Even, though, <laughs> even though the junior versions are played by Danny DeVito. Yeah. And, and Lin-Manuel well, Miranda. And Lin-Manuel Miranda. He's not Mexican, but he can play the part. Well, maybe we should actually find a Mexican actor. That's a better idea. <laughs> what do I... Okay, here are my two top picks. Gael Garcia Bernal or Diego Luna. Um, I do like Diego Luna. Diego Luna would be very good. 
as as the bad guy as the bad guy yeah yeah have you ever heard his like compilation of how much he loves job of the hut yes it, i just like want to touch him <laughs> i just like want to touch his tail it, if you okay pot well don't pause yet when when i tell you to go pause <laughs> if you haven't seen diego luna's job of the hut compilation <laughs> go and watch that when i say pause now pause <laughs> okay. Okay. That you was saw so it? good. It's it's great. I think we don't bring it up, but he secretly has a job of the hut fetish. He does. Even yeah. though Star Wars hasn't come out. Um well Star Wars has, in general. Not in the timeline of the Amigos. When does it take place? Silent films, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. That's like fifty years before. Yeah. And we're not gonna be able to jump ahead that far. Okay. Um, man, Diego Luna, this casting is already really good. And let's solidify the name. It's Guapo Benito. I don't know Spanish rules. His name is just El Guapo. Well, that's the first villain. But this one has to be little beautiful. So Guapo Benito? No, Bonito means like pretty and cute. No, that works. You're just saying it again. No, that doesn't make sense. Guapito would be better. Guapito. Ooh, Guapito is also good because Pito means penis. Because he's the bad guy and he's a dick. <laughs> but he's guapito. It's a very good wordplay in Spanish. Okay. Um. Yeah. Forget that family-friendly tag we're going for it. No. No. We keep it so, but we just have very. St- they do have the little balls joke in the original. Yes. Movie. Yes. But they don't explain it, and we won't explain it. No one's gonna catch guapito. It's not actually that good. Yeah. So we do have the little innuendos every now and again. If someone hears Guapito, they will understand, oh, little Guapo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, That next song, though, what was it? Oh, New York homage. Yes. Yeah. Because everyone's it, your friend in New York City. Yeah. Steve Martin is... And everything looks beautiful when you're young and pretty. The streets are paved with diamonds, and there's just so much to see. But the best thing about New York City is you and me. It's a beautiful song. I think that's how it starts out. It's, it's a we, really good intro song. We zoom in and Steve Martin is singing that. And then you find out he's in a play. Yes. Um, because the three amigos have broken went up. on to be actual heroes for a while. Yes. But then they decided, you know what? We're too old for this. Let's go back to the movie business. Yep. Uh, the movie business rejected them because they're too old. Yeah. So they go on to Broadway. Um, Broadway, not as big. As it is now, I don't know if that's factually true. I have no idea. History. When is this then? The sixties? <laughs> yeah, so it probably is really big. Um this play though, it bombs. That's a better yes. better way to It is definitely a bomb. Um Un- unlike Steve Martin's actual Broadway play that I think did very well. Which is he just did a Broadway show of it's I don't know exactly what it's it is. It's so successful. It was something with his Can't forget it. It was something with his like banjo group. I, I don't think it was a play. I think it was just a performance on gotcha. it, like Bruce Springsteen did a one man show that was just a concert. Yeah. So that he could say he had the most sold Broadway show. I here's what I like. The play bombs because they don't think it's authentic. They've been away from the adventuring business, so they want to get back in the game. They want to go find a new adventure that they can come back and make a play about that's gonna be yeah. a success because it's based off a true story. Um, and that's where their adventure begins. What if their play just is this retelling the story of the first movie? They're cashing in on the success of their, their small no, town. No, they need to be failing at the beginning. But I do no, think No, but they, they, they a, do, but it's failing. 
That's what the play is about, but it, no one cares. But that's a really sad ending. No, no, no. That's the start. We're at, wait, 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 hold on. We need to get on the same page. We're starting the movie, right? Yes. New York City plays over the credits. Or whatever. Okay. And then we see, oh, the three amigos are back together again. They're actors, and they're putting out a play on Broadway, and it sucks. And they're they're failing, right? But yeah. the play is what happened. It's them telling the story of what happened in the first movie. And then you zoom out, and that was a song within a song. Sure. Because <laughs> I want them to fail and then succeed in the end. But we have another musical number at the end where they're singing about their epic adventure and how well it worked. And that song is... Wow. Depending on... Uh, I'm just looking at the wheel here. Uh, depending how this lands uh, could be very interesting. I've got uh, a match. Tell me about this song. The song is called I've Got a Match. Uh, it's not a good happy ending song. So their play still bombs. I don't think it can be the ending. Let me read you the chorus here. Love, people are there. The smell of love is everywhere. You think it's always sensitive and good. You think I want to be understood. I've got a match, your embrace and my collapse. Even when we get along, I've got a match, your embrace and my collapse. And I believe it is about him. It's about someone like reaching out to him and him being in a dark place and saying, that's great that you're reaching out to me, but I've got a match and I'm going to burn everything down. So I think they burn everything down. They burned down Broadway. They burned down their theater, maybe. Okay. They Let's say they haven't hit Broadway quite yet. They are really washed up actors. They're off, off, off Broadway. They're off, off, off Broadway. Yeah. If that's actually what the theater's called. I don't think the off, order off, works. Broadway. This can't be last, right? Like, yeah. I think this is the beginning. Yeah. So we open with New York City. We see that they're doing a play. We see that the play is the events of the first movie. We see that it's bombing, and they burn down the theater. As I've got a match plays. And decide to go on their own adventure. Yes. Create their own new epic and live it. And then whether it succeeds or not, they've at least had a new adventure they can be proud of. Exactly. Great. And they, they've helped people because they, they did learn from their and first adventure. And then at the end, they sing the New York homage song in which everything has worked out because they saved we, the city. We write a reprise of New York yes. City. That's good. Okay. Or we get They Might Be Giants to do it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Or we get like a... What if they might be giants? The the members of the band are like their roadies that they bring along. Like, they're the ones who tend to their horses and... Just as, them with... as featured extras, you're saying. Yeah. I like that. They're like diehard Amigo fans. Yeah, I like that. And they... Are they actually singing the songs in character then? No. The, it's just the roadies singing those I songs? I think they always want to. And then they tell them, no, you can't sing. Oh, okay. As a fun little joke that, hey, we're going to steal your yeah. songs and sing them because you can't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, They Might Be Giants are also not exactly young. So um, it, it kind of works out that way. That's fine. It's like when your dad is a super big Grateful Dead fan. Exactly. Yeah. They Might it's Be Giants a little gross, are basically but, my dad. Hey. Yeah. Anyway. Um, there's one song that's missing. What is the new My Little Buttercup? I'll tell you. Well, actually, I'll spin this wheel, okay, and good. then you tell me. Uh, up, up, up. I'm, uh, I'm actually stopping the wheel uh, manually with my hands here. Um, for the listeners who can't see what I'm doing, um, I, I am insisting on the song in this one. Okay, it's, uh, it's another first kiss. Another. First Doesn't that kiss. feel just like just as cheesy as My Little Buttercup? I, I don't think. Little Nettie Nederlander has actually kissed a girl at this point. He doesn't have to. 
I, I like I think he's gone this whole time without having the graceful company of a woman or man. I don't right. know what floats his boat, but either way, he is the virgin lips of this group. Yeah. Needs to find a new love. Yeah. But he sings this another first kiss as sort of a longing anthem. I, I guess that's right. It is another first kiss. I was thinking it's just a first kiss. Yeah. Uh, no, that completely throws off what I was thinking. But uh, no, it, it, he's also he also never had a My Little Buttercup when he sang My Little Buttercup. So it still works. Yeah. I like that. Um, um, what if he's he's developed this chip on his shoulder of like, he has always lived in the spotlight of, oh, this is the little boy of the group. And he yeah. has taken on this persona of he is a manly man. He's actually like pre-emo emo. Okay. And he's like really rough and tough and wearing like biker leather. leather yeah, everything. leather jackets. He thinks thinking. like he's got this persona as if he is a big macho man. Secretly, he still hasn't kissed a girl or like done anything yeah. noteworthy. And so this is him like stepping aside and being like, hey, I this is what I'm really passionate about. I'm a secret romantic and I need to find my real true love. This isn't working for me. This is not who I am. Yeah. And his new love is played by. Who is it? How do we even. I was just hoping you had a name. Maybe. On your... Maybe we. Uh, maybe we go to the studio first. I think that would help. And that'll steer us in the right direction. Up to this point. Yeah, we have. Um, so let's spin yet again. This other. Oh, so look at this wheel up on the on the desk here. Okay. Now I'm ready. Okay, uh, this is from our studio executive, Stefan Ato from Talking With Dinosaurs. Um, seahorses are hot right now. The main antagonist must attempt to kill a side character with seahorses in order to capture that sweet, sweet SEO. Thank um, you, Stefan. Horses. A lot, a lot of the combat scenes in the first three Amigos were on horse fights. They were on horses. What if we took seahorses to the Hudson? That's exciting. Is the Hudson near New York City? I don't know geography very it well. It is right in the middle of it. Is it? I'm pretty sure that's the one that Captain Sully landed in. The Hudson River. Yeah. I was thinking Hudson Bay. Okay. That's in Canada. Yeah. I was like, like, I don't think that's they, close. They could go up to Canada. Yeah. As like a little side quest, find their spirituality. Yeah, we could go East River. We could go Hudson River. But yeah, Seahorse. Maybe they go to the Lower Bay. Or the Sandy Hook Bay, you know. Okay, Mister Google Earth. The over upper, there. the upper bay, the Smithtown Bay. They can go to any one of these bays. I'm going to leave in all your typing. Long I'm Island not Sound. Edit out just go to so Long people Island know Sound or, uh, how little you actually know of New York. Maybe they could go to Block Island Sound. Anyways, they're on seahorses. Sail out to New Shoreham. They're on seahorses. Yeah. Just are they giant? Just they're giant, giant seahorses, and right. I don't think we make any fuss about it. That's just. What is accepted in this reality? Yeah, it's like, oh, back in the 20s or whenever, we rode horses on land. What? Of course, we've had progress, and now we ride seahorses in the 60s. Yeah. All right. I, I think they do make a big statement about how, like, the tragedy that's coming of how seahorses are going extinct, and no one actually knows they're dying off. Right. To, well, and- to allude to us as the viewers of, like, oh, hey, why didn't... How come they just pretend like they're normal? Oh, because they died and yeah. no one noticed. Why don't we have giant seahorses anymore? Yeah. It's because they, it's because El Guapito wanted to kill him. Yes. 
It did kill him, I guess. <laughs> well, except for the three that the Migos Okay, good. And they released him into the underwater jungles of Atlantis. Whew. <laughs> Whew. Okay. That, that's like the, the super duper cut of this movie. That's a little side. Actually, I, I'm rereading this demand from our studio executive that says they're trying to attempt to kill a side character with seahorses. Okay, so they're using seahorses to kill someone? Are these killer seahorses somehow? I think they're just trying to trample them, maybe. Like, knock them off. Underwater trampling? Well, I think these seahorses, for the sake of the story, are mammals. To an extent. Not mammals, but they are a little can amphibious. Go on, they can go on the land. Okay. They can't go on land, but they can't breathe above water. Okay. Sure. Um, so they can So we do things. have, like, some above water jousting on oh, That's seahorses. very exciting, too. Yep. I think that's where the first fight comes, is the Amigos versus... Uh, little Daggerman. Little Daggerman, yeah. Who's come to America. Why does... Oh, because he came for vengeance. Got it. Um, is El Guapito also there for vengeance? Or what's he doing here? How did he get here? Maybe he just came to escape the legacy of his father. What if... What What about this? What if El Guapito and the Little Daggerman are actually friends? And okay. they both, like, they bond over the fact that they want to avenge their fathers who were killed by the three amigos. Okay. So this is a tale of two cities. Yeah. Nothing like it. But it's these two boys who are now young men and they come and they're trying to kill the amigos. And one of them learns, actually, these are good guys. And the other just stands fast in his hatred towards them. And so there is that tension where their friendship breaks. But... One of them finds new friends, new, older, about to die of old age friends. Yeah. And then kills his other friend. I didn't follow any of that. <laughs> That's okay. Let's move on to the next thing. We didn't, we still didn't get any help on who the love interest is. No, we didn't. Who do you think is really into seahorses in Hollywood? How do we figure this out? What if it's Selena Gomez? You think she's into seahorses? I just... I just am trying to get some Mexican representation in this movie, and I think she'd be great. That's fair, but keep in mind this is Martin Short's love interest. Oh, yeah, that's true. So that would be a little creepy. a little much. Eva Mendez. I do like her. I, I have... I don't know if I've seen her in something recently, and I'm trying to think what the age gap between her and Martin Short might be. Because right. if it's a little too much... Her last film was in 2014... She's 44 from what I see. And Martin Short. 68. So that's a little it's, much. It's a bit much. We might need to go a little older. Rita Moreno. Rita Moreno is it. Remind me who she is. She was in West Side Story. I believe she was the uh, older sister. Yeah. Of Maria. How old is she now? I feel like she's got to be in her 80s or something. Uh, born in 31. She looks great. Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. I think, I think she's a good fit for Martin Short, Rita Moreno. So that's going to be 87, but you know what? I'm fine with 87 and she 68 more than I am with 68 and 44. Yep, me too. And she looks great. Um, Yeah, let's bring her back. She's apparently in Where on Earth she's is Carmen been, San Diego. She's been in Spanish music. Well, not Spanish, but Spanish-speaking culture musicals. Yes. 
in, that are in English. Well, I don't know how to say the, that. Appropriately, the, the new West Side, the, the new West Side Story musical actually does have several songs in Spanish, and it's very good. Actually. Okay, I've actually never seen it, so she there could it. be Spanish in it. I just there don't there know. is quite a bit, but okay. it's, it is mostly in English. Cool, Rita Moreno. That's a great casting. She's in. All of the casting is very good. This is a solid cast. Yeah. Is uh, Danny DeVito actually going to say anything? I think he's got to. He's got to, right? Like, we can't have a silent and invisible protagonist. <laughs> Played by Danny DeVito. We don't have the budget. Um, I do want to... I feel bad for casting him on the premise that he is a short person. So I would rather, like, walk that back and just, like, cast anyone else and not make it a short joke they can be on their knees if they want well he doesn't have to be short even yeah but like that's what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah. what if it's danny devito but he's not short (laughs) so we have a the hovering sombrero is hovering at seven foot uh (laughs) but it's voiced by danny devito we cast will ferrell to be the stuntman for the invisible dagger man but it is Will Ferrell by... known for his stunt work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I think we also put that in the marketing. Will Ferrell is in this movie. Where is yeah. he? I don't know. Oh, he's invisible. Yeah, That's he's why. invisible. Uh, Danny DeVito voicing him. Okay, good. I, I do. I think we should do this, though. When you buy this movie on Blu-ray, there is a cut where... And it is the super duper cut. I have referenced that three times this episode. Uh, Deadpool what? 2 now on Blu-ray. Oh, okay. Um, I missed. I apparently missed all of your references to Deadpool 2 because... I haven't said Deadpool 2. I've just said the super duper cut, oh, okay. which is a Deadpool 2 thing. Um, I think there is a cut of this movie where we do it where Will Ferrell is visible the whole time. <laughs> but it still is a voiceover of Danny DeVito. But we don't tell Will Ferrell this, that he's going to be visible in some of them. And so... He's just doing his goofy thing, wearing his green mocap suit. I think there's three cuts of it. There's theatrical, where he's invisible. Yeah. There's the there's the director's cut, which is he is visible, and it is Danny DeVito voicing over him. Okay. There's a third cut. <laughs> the super duper cut. The super duper cut. Um, there's the third cut, which is second director's cut, which is the super duper ooper cut. Okay. Which is... Danny DeVito's not involved. It is Will Ferrell saying the lines, but he is in a blue screen suit. Okay. So that they can invisible him out later. But they don't. But they don't. They don't invisible him out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good. Oh, man. It brings a different dynamic to every yes. cut of this movie. And I again, I do want to stress, we don't tell Will Ferrell we're doing that. Why, why am I in a blue suit? <laughs> no, no, we tell him that. We don't tell him <laughs> we're releasing the version oh, gotcha. where, where he's visible. <laughs> He just thinks he's playing an invisible character. Gotcha. Yeah. I uh, think we get more goofiness out of him that way. Yeah, I, I agree. Where he's like, look, I can do whatever I want. They're not even going to see me. That was drifting into Patrick Warburton, but it started out as Will Ferrell. Maybe Patrick Warburton <laughs> is narrating this movie. Yeah. He's a good... I could see it. Do you ever have like a, a voice in your head that's like the narrator of your life? Because for me, that's Patrick Warburton. Really? Yeah. Um, I don't think i do actually is it just your own voice yeah i think it is my own voice it usually is just my own voice but when i am but it's doing saying something, narration think, things yeah you're saying like oh and houston went and did this. yeah like if i'm ever pulling up a nice jump shot in basketball which i do all the time right um 
And he says I, he shoots, he scores. And I, I imagine like Patrick Warburton coming in on his audio track saying, <laughs> and Mr. Bodily just scores from downtown. Okay. Yeah. I for, When you said he comes in on, I was trying to picture things that he would actually literally be coming into the scene on. And what I, what I thought was, yeah. a, what I thought was a jet ski, but that didn't make sense unless he's playing on a water basketball court and everyone else is on seahorses, water polo. Wait, that's not what water that polo is. I think that's what happens in this movie though, is the ending is they are playing water polo on seahorses, but it's not water friends. polo. It's polo in the water. Polo in There's the water. a difference. Yes. They're playing polo, but on seahorses. Water polo in the water. Yeah. No, polo in the water. No, it's water polo in the water. Okay. But water polo is always in the water, and you don't ride seahorses. I don't think it needs to make sense for this movie. That's true. That's true. I acknowledge it. Um, I think that's it. I think we're good to go I here. think we did a movie. I I don't know if I'm satisfied with the name Four Amigos. Wait, what's the conclu- like? What's the conclusion then? They just kill him? I guess so. No, what I think. No, I think. I think El Guapito joins the amigos, and the little dagger man dies. Oh, so you don't want the little dagger man to be the good guy in this anymore? I think we have him be the good guy for most of it. That's a twist. Yeah, that's because, like an M Night Shyamalan yeah. caliber twist. Yeah, yeah. We're, we don't. It's not like an M Night Shyamalan where we go back and be like, actually, everything you saw was a lie. It's just like, whoa! I didn't expect El Guapito to become. No, good. it's actually like, everything you thought is a lie. It's actually Will Ferrell this whole time. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> now you can go back and rewatch it with Will Ferrell standing there. Oh my gosh! The first half of the movie, the hovering sombrero is lower at Danny DeVito height. Okay, and it's voiced mm-hmm. by Danny DeVito, so everyone's like, oh, it must be Danny DeVito. But then halfway through, he gets taller and taller. is Will Ferrell height. And it's never explained until you watch the super duper cut. And you realize that a Danny DeVito evolves into a Will Ferrell. Yeah, naturally. When you use a leaf stone. Yeah. (laughs) Because Will Ferrell's definitely a grass type. Yep. Um, Yeah, I think that's... Oh, the title. Four Amigos is fine, but it's just not... It's reversed, though. Is it Quattro Friends? Quattro Friends. Because then it's also a reference to New York City. I do like that one. Quattro Friends. <laughs> and it's Quattro Friends with like a dot between all the <laughs> yeah. letters of friends. Okay, good. And <laughs> I like that a lot, actually. Surprisingly so. And Matthew Perry comes in at some point and makes snide remarks to everyone. Could you be any more obvious? <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of him saying. I've never seen the show myself. Um, Matthew Perry, I think, is... Is that right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what I know. Uh, I think Matthew Perry is like the owner of their off, off, off Broadway studio. And so yes, he's the yes. one who like cuts them saying like, Hey, you're not bringing in the numbers. That's how the first amigos starts is they get fired from their movie. Gig yes. Yes. And they have to go on an adventure. I think he does more or less the same thing for them. Yeah. But I, I, I really like the idea of like, Oh, I guess we're going to go on an adventure, but then the adventure comes to them in New York city. Exactly. And it's set in New York city. And that's very cool. I like that. Um, is Martin Sheen Hispanic? Because I actually don't know. Because I definitely did. Um, I'm on IMDb here. I was looking at the great Rita Moreno's uh, filmography. And I did find a poll for first Hispanic American president. And the options are the ones you'd expect. Michael Pena, Jessica Alba, Edward James Olmos, Jennifer Lopez. But there's also Cameron Diaz and Martin Sheen, which I would never have guessed were Hispanic, but 
Diaz makes sense. I I mean, he could be. Uh, it's not a name I associate with. He he doesn't particularly look at, but no. I'm not one to judge. All right, we won't judge whether he is or not. It doesn't matter. Uh, did you know? Okay, no, he definitely is Hispanic. Uh, Martin Sheen's real name is Ramon Gerard Antonio Estevez. He is he is Hispanic then. Yeah, no, like I I don't want to like like assume anything, but if that's not a Hispanic name, I don't know. That is a quite Hispanic. I name. don't know what I'm doing here. I do want Michael Pena to to come in and make some jokes, maybe. Oh, I think Michael Pena's maybe this. he comes and recaps everything <laughs> funny because that's what he's good at. I think Michael Pena is the he's like the henchman to he's the president. He's the president. Because he's on this poll for first Hispanic American president. Because I definitely want Michael Pena as my first. No, but he is playing the president in this movie. Uh, what? It, okay. <laughs> I don't know how we tie it in. I want one more role to be filled. <laughs> okay. And that is the guy in the first Amigos who El Guapo turns to him and says, Would you say that I have a plethora of balloons? Oh, yeah. And he okay. says, Yes. Yes, what? Yes, you have a plethora of balloons. Do you know what plethora means? No, I don't, El Guapo. I'm not as smart as you. Or whatever it Yeah, is. okay. Yeah, this is ringing a bell. I, I want a new plethora. Plethora guy. Oh, plethora a new plethora. Guy. Wait, a new plethora guy or a new plethora? The guy who does, the right-hand man who does not know what a plethora means. Okay. And I think the new joke in this one is a myriad. That's the new word. A myriad. Okay, that's a good... Uh, so, myriad man... <laughs> Myriad Man is played by Emilio Estevez. Emilio <laughs> Estevez. Yep. He's very sneaky. Yep. But he's he's just his same character from Mr. Deeds because he's in New York City. Wait. That's Emilio Estevez? Isn't it? Mm, I'm going to call you out on that one. John Turturro. Yeah. Who's Emilio Estevez? I don't know who Emilio he's Estevez Breakfast is. Breakfast Club, Mighty Ducks. Yeah, that's all I know. Okay. Uh, he is related to Martin Sheen. Oh, interesting. He looks a lot like him. And Estevez is Martin Sheen's actual real last name. Yeah, I had no idea who Emilio Estevez was. Yeah, he's the jock in Breakfast Club. Yeah. John Turturro is also in it, though, as his character from <laughs> Mr. Deeds. John Turturro is also. <laughs> I think John Turturro is actually the, the, the myriad man. Okay. And Emilio Estevez is the Vice president Bush. to John Pena. Oh, no, he's the son of the singing bush. Yes. Okay. In Central Park. Yeah. Because that's how pollination works. Sure. Yep. <laughs> cool. We got it all. We got all this. Everything we need for a sequel to Three Migos called Quattro Friends. Quattro Friends. Yeah. Oh, I like the name Quattro Friends Quattro a lot. Friends. Okay. Uh, cool. Uh, I think we need to wrap this up, though. Yes. Do you want to go ahead and tell us, tell the people listening where they can find us? Yes, we are on uh, Facebook, The Silver Screen Redemption. We're on Twitter at Screen Redeem. We're on Instagram at The Silver Screen Redemption. Uh, or you can just find it all on silverscreenpod.com. There's links ev- there for all of our merch and such. Um, and yeah, that's it. I'm Brian Perry. I'm Houston Bobley. Whether or not they need redemption, we'll be there. similarities to actual persons living or dead is purely coincidental.